engineered, driven, created. You are listening to the B Velocity podcast, and this is episode 16. I'm Deborah. And I'm Sophie, your host, and we are joined today with our guest, Claire Cottingham. Claire is a freelance motorsport presenter and commentator for BT Sport and works as a reporter on ITV's coverage of the British Touring Car Support Series. She's also worked as a producer and reporter for Formula One Management, but has also taken on the role of F1 pit lane reporter for BBC Five Live. And additionally, she's worked as a broadcaster for BBC Five Live and TalkSport along with various others. So we're very, very, very lucky to have her on today. Um, Hi. Hello. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's a bit hot and muggy, isn't it? So warm. So, so warm. I'm melting away, but but here we go. Maybe more storms tonight. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Honestly, it's um, it's an exciting episode and I'm sure that our guests are going to be lapping this one up. Pun intended. I'm really excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> so just to start with, you recently announced that you have started a new job. Mm-hmm. So tell yeah. us more. Um, Yes. So I've recently gone across to, because obviously freelance was, um, it's quite difficult during the pandemic. Um, I did quite a lot in the initial lockdown. I worked a lot for um, for the race and did some really, really good stuff with them. Um, we did a podcast called Hidden Voices, which was highlighting um, various different things within the paddocks. We spoke to one of the only black people in MotoGP in the paddock. Um, we spoke to Ellen Law, who was excellent um, racer um, and was one of the first women to win a DTM race. Um, you know, we, we spoke to heaps of people, which was really exciting um, and did some stuff with their um, with their sim racings and stuff like that as well. because the, the race were doing loads. Um, but then just at the beginning of this season, it's sort of everything was so unsure about where the world was going and what was going on and 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 how to really move forward. So I just wanted to take on like a bit of a, a new challenge really and actually try try writing instead. Um, so I now work for Reach PLC, who uh, are the Daily Express, the Daily Mirror and the Daily Star. Um, and I'm their F1 reporter. So it's great because I get to sort of, <laughs> I get to, I get to do all my own bits, basically. I'm sort of like just left alone to, to just crack on, which is suits me down to the ground. It's basically like being freelance, really. Um, I listen, to, like today, Thursday, I listened across to all the presses and then, you know, get the lines out. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to do something different um, and, and try try doing something new. I think it's really important to try and, and push yourself as much as you can in everything you do. Um, I don't know where that then takes me. It's another string to my bow, which I think is exciting. But um, but yeah, that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. And how are you finding it so far? Do you think you're preferring it more or less? Um, I mean, I have to be careful here. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's they're very different. They're very very different. Um, the writing side of things, I've learned so much from just the couple of months I've been doing it. Um, I've learned a very different way of of creating or collecting rather lots of information in a very different way from maybe you would as a broadcaster, which actually I think has taught me um, a lot more about what I could improve as a broadcaster, which I think is really exciting. Um, And I just think actually it's just, it's there's so many crossovers now with writers that are broadcasters as well. There's almost not really a definition there anymore. It's almost like you do one, but that sort of merges into the other one anyway. So I, I, I couldn't say, Obviously, I love broadcasting and, and that's my bread and butter, really. That's where I started. And that's probably, you know, 
in somewhere along the lines, probably my future. But at the moment, I think it's a really exciting opportunity to, to learn a new skill. I think that's the, the best thing that I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. And a lot of broadcasters obviously write their own content, write their own scripts, don't they, sometimes? So it's obviously going to help you massively in that way. Oh, yeah. Like for the BBC, I've been writing. It's funny because you don't think of yourself as a writer, but then I've been writing for years. I've been writing scripts and, and you know, I have written stuff online for the BBC before while I've been working for them when I was full time for the BBC. And also like every day you write, like I write scripts, I write news scripts, I write sports scripts. So, so absolutely. It's a, it's a completely different form of writing, but it's, um, it's still, still a cool way of, of learning new skills for sure. Yeah. Do you think that um, it's going to become a bit more prevalent this year because it's looking like things are going a bit topsy turvy again? Yeah, fingers crossed it won't, but it's kind of going that way. I'm seeing a few Sky News headlines saying, oh, cases, cases are rising. And I'm just thinking like a lot of the media production um, I know about has been reduced massively. And people who have been going for the last 20 years haven't even been able to go. So, yeah, you know, I'm just I just I'm interested in the change of landscape, I suppose. Yeah. Do you know, look, it has been really difficult. And I've, I've put myself into a a very privileged position um I don't know if it's if it would have been the position I would have put myself in had there not been a pandemic but regardless like now I can learn the best I can from from where I am and I work with a like a, a lovely group of people and I'm still working in what I love I'm just learning like a new skill as I go along um but yeah no there's heaps of people that I know loads of friends that are really really struggling um and it and it's scary, you know, it is really scary. And that's sort of what I was looking at in, you know, February, March, thinking lots of people were waiting until they wanted to say, yes, we've got the green light. No, we don't, you know, whatever it was. And lots of people are scaling back. So it is, it is scary because the more things, the more things people realize they can do without the people as well, without more people, the less they will use people as well. So, so it is scary, but there are always opportunities and if you can make the best of an opportunity and you can try and find what what works for you within that opportunity you can you can try and move forward but absolutely I, I don't disagree it's a really hard it's really hard out there at the moment mm. and aside from covid what do you think your biggest obstacle is that you've faced in your career it's funny i get i get asked this one quite a lot actually um and i never really know much of the answer because I think most people are kind of hoping you would say not saying this is what you're hoping I'd say but a lot of people want sort of think with a woman oh it's a men men are in my way and that they're, they're not they're not in my way there's lovely men within the industry and there's some of my best friends that have helped me tremendously they've all you know most of them have been men and the support network that I have in the industry is is fantastic and I can't be like oh it's all women because it's not women are fantastic too but men but like a lot of my friends are men as well so I can't say that um so they have never been you know the the thing is that does hold people back um especially females or you know people that don't fit into um you know um, being identifying as a man and you know going forward as as a man in, in society is is the sort of age-old patriarchy really that <laughs> <laughs> that's the word that I love the most you know there are lots of issues with with how it stems from the top and finds its way down that's that is an issue for everybody trying to trying to change the top view to them to then sort of feed down to the rest of us um so that's always something that that you come up against but I think that's you know that's that's common in most industries um I think a lot of things that that hold me back is probably and this sounds a bit cliche but probably my own self-esteem is is something that I I'm a bit of a self-sabotager and I'm aware of that um <laughs> it's a it's a common yeah it's a common theme and and it's a common theme within women as well um mainly because we've been conditioned to feel certain ways um and again that's society's fault I'm not saying that's a man's fault I'm saying that's the way that we have been um brought up as as women to question ourselves basically um and I, and I think that is a, a big factor. I think there are jobs that I was given in the past that I, I, I look back and wish I could have done with more confidence. And I'm a confident person, you know, but if I'd done it with just that bit more confidence, I would have enjoyed it that bit more. Or And that's the main thing. Like, there's so many things I can look back and go, oh, I didn't enjoy it enough. Like, I, I was so harsh about myself the whole time. Whereas I was having a great time, but because you're so caught up in yourself and your self-confidence and, and fighting with that, that that you find yourself 
you know not enjoying situations you should enjoy so I think I think basically my own mind sometimes sets me back quite a lot um just talking about this slightly have you got like a good coping mechanism to try and get around it do you feel that you've progressed more especially with like new experiences um do you feel like as you've got older and like matured you know it's got better I think with age you get you do get more confidence because there is that's just you know a fact of life when you're a bit younger you're not so self-assured you're you know you're constantly battling to prove yourself so with age it, it does help and you and do start not caring less that's not how I mean it but you do start you do start sort of taking a step back and going is this the you know is this the be all and end all if this messes up or or is that actually going to be okay sort of thing is it not going to be the worst thing if I call I don't know Jensen button button or whatever it is however you want to look at it like you just have to you have to sort of remove yourself from the situation and I think it's more along the lines of like forgiving yourself um yeah if you you know it's not the be all and end all if if you know you get something wrong having confidence in yourself is a really hard thing to teach yourself and to learn and I think along the way that I asked I think I asked for too much help from people sometimes and that sounds like a really silly thing to say because absolutely you should ask for help but I always was searching for like you know reassurance and things like that where actually I should have just backed myself a little bit more um so coping mechanisms I think would be trying to not overthink what you do and and how you might have come across to somebody and just forgive yourself for mistakes you know everyone makes mistakes these things happen and I think sometimes you just have to you just have to be a bit kinder to yourself and I know that sounds like a t-shirt but you do like that, that's all that you can do no one else is going to be your champion your, you know your cheerleader you have to cheerlead yourself and there's so many other people out there that do cheerlead themselves more and louder than you and if you don't then who else is going to fight for you? If you don't have faith in yourself, who's going to fight for you? It's, it's an interesting cycle you can get yourself into. Mm. I, I I love talking about things like this. And for my particular job role, I absolutely love making mistakes. And I always put my hand up because otherwise, how the hell am I going to learn and develop as an individual? Um, yeah. And, you know, I give it, you know, there's quite a few people that follow our account. And, you know, sometimes I just give them a little bit of of a you know friendly advice I've learned not to take things so seriously and I think a lot of my friends will say this I've matured so 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 much but then again I've been put in uh, situations and done experiences where I've just had to you know just yeah. get on and get on with it so to speak yeah. um, I think you, you also need to you know you you have to be very careful with the sort of get on with things because then yeah. that, because you then fall into a trap of being taken advantage of mm, so it's a really fine balance of like working out your own the own your own situation and how you can control it and and I think I think the thing is like lots of people in this world worry about things they can't control you mm. know we, we worry constantly about various different things look we can we can we can chip away at helping the world you know we can we can do our bit we can recycle we can buy electric cars we, we can do all these different things to that's that's an okay thing to worry about you can worry about the world and what's happening with it because we can do what we can with it but if you're worried about I don't know Brexit there's nothing we can do about Brexit so I sort of have to I'm not saying either way if I you know with Brexit um I'm not but what I'm saying is like with those sorts of things if you are worried whichever way you just have to like shelf it and just walk away from it. Like you, just, mm. you can't control it. And I think we're so desperate to control everything in our life, including like our futures and how people perceive us and how we do in our jobs. Whereas like sometimes it's just about letting that go and only controlling and worrying about what we can control about. Like that's, that's all you can do. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that actually sometimes it's like just... Just let it, let it go for a bit. Just breathe, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Stop wishing away your life and looking towards the next thing, you know, be in the here and now and, and, and try not to fall into those traps. Look, it's so easy. I'm not, a, I'm not a specialist. I have no idea 
what's right and what's wrong you can only work your own coping mechanisms and and if they don't work for you you know go and go and seek help that's that's brilliant that's a brilliant thing you can do I honestly think even if you don't think you need it counseling is one of the best things you can do if nothing else just go and sit and have an hour and chat to yourself it's brilliant like it's it's a great thing to do I'm not even ashamed to admit this but I've had more than one counseling session um and it's been so I eye-opening and you shouldn't be embarrassed about it whatsoever because it's helped me so 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 much and it's like you said earlier it's it's the the thought processes it actually makes you understand them and how to control them a little bit better and you know if there is anyone listening that that's either listened to um our episode with daniel simpson and yourself there are people there that can help you and you know don't be afraid to ask for help go go get it it'll be the best thing you could ever do scary it's scary to Hmm. like you know take that step and if and even if you're just a little bit wobbly you know it's and you just think I just need a little bit of space to just talk um there's so much out there there's so much people there's so many people that can help so absolutely I second that if you if you feel that you are having a wobble or feel like you're further than a wobble definitely go and go and go and talk to someone yeah and on on that note I'm going to like rewind I like this bit I like the rewind bit okay let's go to the beginning where where did this all start for you in terms of wanting to be in motorsport you know being a presenter and a commentator where where's this all come from <laughs> um good question um when I when I was really young I wanted to go into children's tv um I used to watch like Fern Cotton and people like that when they were on like CCTV I think it was oh, what was it no C what was it was it CCTV C CITV CITV yeah um yeah <laughs> and and there was a BBC version as well I think um but but so I really wanted to get into that um and that was when I was like super young before I even went to like college I wasn't gonna be actually that timeline might not work I'm not exactly sure somewhere along there whenever I don't remember the exact fern cotton back catalogue I'm afraid but (laughs) somewhere along there that's what I wanted to get into then I went to university and studied photography which was completely different um and it was mainly because mum said to me my mum said to me you know it's good if you go and get a degree that looks good on your cv and I was like fine so I did I went and did like an art degree (laughs) I don't think that's quite what she meant but that's what I went and did um and then I've always been I've always watched motorsport like all of my life we've been around it so much so my dad is a motorsport doctor and my mum is a well he's a doctor but he also does like um various rallies and and so therefore is a motorsport doctor and my mum was obviously a nurse alongside him um so we used to go to lots of racing stuff so when we were younger we'd go on a holiday to France and we would end up like I, I just thought it was part of our French holiday we'd end up like for a weekend at Le Mans and you just that was 24 hours of Le Mans that was just part of what we did we did that and then we went off various other places in in the south of France you know it's great um so so I sort of had the bug from from my parents and then when I graduated it was like the world suddenly was like what are you gonna do and I was like oh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> no one actually said I had to do things after this um so I then um I then started volunteering for a local radio station because basically one of my sisters said I thought you always wanted to get into presenting I thought that was what the dream was and and I, well, funnily at the time, I was like, well, I can't go into TV because I'm not pretty enough. So I'll go into radio. Um, yay, society. Yay, patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so didn't go into TV, went into radio instead. Um, and yeah, so I'm volunteering um, at my local radio station, but also worked for Radio Silverstone at the time for um, Alan Hyde, who, yeah, who was excellent, and Gary Champion. And I worked there for two years. And from that, like picked up loads and loads of friends, um, you know, did what two, I think it was two seasons. So I did two lots of F1 races and, you know, we were, it was the, you know, the GTs were there. It was the Formula Renault 3.5 was still going. 
Um, it was it, it was just such an introduction to so much other motorsport as well and that I hadn't been like that exposed to, um, which was amazing, which was just amazing. You know, I remember watching a Renault 3.5 race and it had Robin Freintz, Sam Bird and Jules Bianchi. And they were all racing for, I think it was for the win at the time. And I remember, I remember it so well. And now, you know, two of them are in Formula E as very well known racing drivers and, and Jules obviously was an F1 driver as well and well known as well. So, um, so yeah, then I started doing that. And then from that, it was just sort of next step, next step, next step, next step. And the big step for me, I, I guess, was working for the BBC for, for four years. That's where I picked up most of my um my my journalism skills um I, I was I learned loads from the BBC like loads I like I would say if you are a, a budding journalist and you can get like a BA job broadcast assistant job at, at the BBC you <laughs> take it because you can learn so much and you become so versatile um and then when I went freelance in 2017 I sort of then picked up a heap of other stuff you know started doing BBC Radio 5 Live obviously did a one year of W series um and yeah ITV and BT Sport and and then sort of kept myself busy really um and now here we are wow amazing (laughs) I mean you've got so much experience in so many different you know channels um outlets different types of championships we are we're really dying to know what your favourite championship is. I think that was the, the key question between me and Deborah when we were talking about you. <laughs> mm, interesting. Well, mm. so that's a really hard one because I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> you can't. You can't have a favourite one because they're all. I suppose in a way they're like all unique because when you went to um for the you know formula e i was just like oh my god your pictures look amazing yeah in monaco yeah it was yeah it was yeah look there are so many the great thing about motorsport is that it's very different it's 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 like if you're watching cricket and you're watching test or t20 or one day like there is no motorsport that really is the same um i mean obviously there's you know, if you watch the British GT and then you watch the Blanc Pan, there are similarities. Of course, there are. But but if you're watching touring cars compared to, to to Formula One or compared to FE or compared to Extreme, whatever you're watching, you absolutely can't pick a favourite because they're all so different. So, I mean, I've got I've got like bits of me that I like. Like I love working in touring cars because there's loads of friends there. There's lots of kind people that I know. You know, my parents work in it as well, so it's just lovely and and great. You know, <laughs> and there's lots of crossovers of lots of different people. Like Alice Powell's always there, but then like, you know, back in the day, like Lando Norris was doing some stuff, and, and you always see someone you know. So there's always a really nice vibe there. Um, F1's F1, so like you walk in the paddock there, and you just can't believe that you know you've got to that point that's amazing um and there's lots of lovely people in f1 as well um and fe is i'm new to the paddock in fe but they were very welcoming i've done uh london a couple of years ago but like this was the first time i'd really actually seen people on the sat and chatted and and you know there's just lovely people in motorsport there is obviously some people that aren't as nice but like you know you find the right people that will look after you and and you're flying really so unfortunately yeah I don't really have a favorite oh sorry just kick my cat um she's fine she's <laughs> just, I didn't kick her hard I just I just sort of nudged her a little bit with my, with my leg <laughs> she's fine I can't I'm surprised we didn't hear a <laughs> no she did like I literally I just brushed her I just brushed her uh tail slightly um oh, but it's only when I realized her leg was coming down that I was like oh she's under there um so yeah there's no one there is no one favorite really it's um it's it's all an adventure and it's all it's all got its own different pros and cons I think yeah do you have like um this sounds like a really silly question but obviously our main passion here is motorsport but I'm guessing you have an interest in cars like you know road cars because so I go to sort of like a lot of car meets and things like that and, and car shows and and um, like when I can't get to motorsport events and the thing I love like what you just said there's loads of lovely people and you know it's kind of like that big family vibe the thing I absolutely love about the car world is I don't know you know yesterday I saw like an R34 Skyline on the motorway you know I just give him a little wave Mm -hmm. and it's just this mutual like understanding that 
you know we love the same things and I absolutely love that I I love love that so much so what do you what do you drive I'm really curious to know um so I'm about to change my car but as it stands at the moment I am driving a mini seven mini cooper seven um I don't know if it's my favorite car (laughs) um (laughs) but it's fine like the one I had before I really liked it was a mini it was just a mini one and I really it was a lovely little run around like I just it was red and I loved it and like sounds really silly to be like it was red but you know I like right red is my favorite color again sounds stupid but like it just was a cool car mm. um, and then I got this one and I don't mind this one but it yeah so I don't I don't I don't vibe it that much it get like it gets me around but you know it's what um, would be your dream car then oh probably something with Mercedes on it I don't really have dreams. So it's funny because you are obviously quite a current car fan. I'm not massively. Um, I'm, I'm not huge into the, into, I like to see what, what is coming out and what's, what new things are happening and how they're, you know, how electric is starting to like creep in and things like that. Like I find that really interesting, but I'm not huge on, um, on, on recent cars really. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I find them beautiful and if I walked around a showroom and saw, saw loads of them I'm like yeah this is so pretty but am I like a massive fan of like road cars not not hugely they're but fine it's hard, it's hard to keep up though I mean yeah so I did automotive journalism and a lot of the guys I mean I was the only girl on the course and a lot of the guys on the course they were like had their finger on the on the pulse and you know they knew exactly what was coming out and I mean, one of them was like a classic car enthusiast. So he knew everything about classic cars. And I was sort of like the old one out because all my assignments were based on motorsport. And because that is what interests me more. I mean, I like, I do like road cars, don't get me wrong, but I, I think I am the same as you. I'm even, even watching it on TV. I, I prefer to be there. I know we all do, but watching it on TV, I've tried to watch touring cars on TV multiple times. I just can't get into it as much as oh, really? as when I'm there. Yeah, because, you know, they do that thing with the engine, don't they? Do that wob, 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 yeah. wob. I love it. And yeah. I just can't, when I try to watch it on TV, I can't keep track. Like, I just mm. genuinely. Yeah, that's, interesting. That's a confession from me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there is every, I think sometimes, because, like, you forget with motor racing that you do really have to, like, pay attention as well, I think sometimes, like, I forget sometimes if I'm driving somewhere, so I tend to listen, well, I, I only listen to F1 um, on the, on Five Live, I, and then I'll have the pictures on, I, that's just how I enjoy watching it, it's how I prefer, um, I mean, it's probably from my background of working with the team, so you just, sort of, loyalty, I guess, Um and, and, but it is very easy. You walk out for three laps and you come back and like, even if, even if you're not just paying attention to the net, you know, the net of where people are or what where we're at um, at pit stops or whatever, it, it can very quickly fall out of your hands that, you, you know, you've sort of lost track of the, the race and you're like, um, when did we lose Esteban Ocon? You know, like what happened at that point? Um, so yeah, it's, it's really easily done. It's a shame about touring. I do like touring cars. It's a very long broadcast. I think that's probably as well what, is always hard to watch but um yeah it is it is interesting you say that because it is touring cars is their their, their broadcast is amazing what they do and how long they're on air for it's oh it's yeah incredible 100 percent. but there is nothing like being at a touring car event it is true yeah it's not I... against the broadcast it's just it's just personal preference i prefer being there like everybody else does yeah, exactly exactly i can't tell you how much i miss being in the in the touring car paddock you know I've just like yourself Claire I've got so many friends in that paddock um even in the support races I've I've struggled and I've been to a few um like club level motorsports just to try and feed that bug I suppose and to be honest I absolutely love it absolutely love the lower level championships because yeah they're just starting out and then there's a couple of girls I follow it's like tonight um I'm absolutely buzzing for this girl um she's going to join the BSV paddock mm-hmm. That's wow. amazing. that yeah. is absolutely amazing um yeah. there's another girl she's gone from karting to form- formula 1000 she's really progressing in that championship and for me, it's so important to follow like the youngsters because they're they're the future stars. Um, 
and I 100% get where people come from because it's like obviously with restrictions you're not allowed to go here you're not allowed to go there you have to be like penned in an area so to speak I absolutely hate it um Mm. and I won't go because I'm like I can't fulfill my needs so to speak so I'm at home and I've got a mobile a laptop for tv and I'm just watching all these different championships and I'm like yeah I'm struggling because I want to be there yeah it's, it's hard well hopefully you know things will change you know with the more vaccinations that are going out there and you know there's nothing anyone can really say at this point just mm. hopefully we'll we'll see some change and in the safest way possible they can do it you know that's that's the only way we can look at it so what are your plans um obviously you're doing the writing but what are your plans for the rest of the year good question um sorry <clears throat> i sound less bored about that um <laughs> um Good question. I am, um, uh, yeah, obviously we'll carry on doing some writing and bits like that. Um, there is uh, hope in a month's time or so that I might be going to New York for the FE, fingers crossed. Wow. Um, and then there's also, then there's a look towards the Paralympics and stuff and um, hopefully there might be some opportunities there as well. Um, but, but you know, it's very much with everything that's going on taking it day by day I think is the is the is the smartest and and uh the best way not to be let down I think we've had a we've had a couple of years of well a year or so of, of having plans taken away from us having chances to see loved ones taken away from us so I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to take it day by day really and um and sort of take in take in what we can do now um because I think we've all learned a lesson about how important it is you know to see people and and to make time and and how important it is just to be able to walk into a restaurant you know things like that so so I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself I think this year and I think that's the smartest way of looking at it at the moment because Mm. nobody knows yeah I went to Goodwood um a few weekends ago for retro rides it was just full of such a big range of cars it was incredible um and it it was amazing how quickly it felt like no time had passed Mm, since going to a live event because there wasn't I mean it was obviously outdoors so you had to wear masks when you went to the toilet but apart from that nobody was wearing masks and it's it's so hard to keep away from other people when you're like trying to hang over the pit wheel looking at the cars going and people just were so happy to just embrace being out and you know embrace seeing cars again and just being out with their friends and out with their family and it was just such a nice atmosphere mm, yeah. yeah it's definitely um obviously with FE we had to wear masks for the entire time but it it did feel it just felt nice just to be back doing things and, and being so you can probably hear a train going by sorry oh I've got a London Underground train at the bottom of my garden as well <laughs> yeah um but yeah no it's the same going to it was the same going to FE you know we all had to wear masks and things but but also it did feel just real it felt like real and normal and nice and people and all these people that you know some people that I, I obviously knew before the world ended and then hadn't seen them for all that time so so yeah you know we can get past masks to go back out but it, it is it does it, it's weird how quickly we can forget things isn't it how quickly the world seems to go back to normal and suddenly you know we're all hugging each other again it's like weird <laughs> it's weird it's weird because it's it's great and it's lovely but yeah we just yeah some people have different feelings about it you know some people aren't ready to to yeah. embrace that yeah and I, I understand that and we, we all have to just accept that I've different people are going to come to their time you know at different times so yeah it's nice to um I think it's been nice when people are asking as well I think that's a really nice thing yeah so Formula E if we just sort of round this lengthy chat up and and give you to your evening if um I'm really curious how Formula E compares to obviously Formula One for you and all the other um championships I mean what I'm, I'm interested in how this is sort of developing and how electric world is opening up, but I, I, I can't get behind it as much as some of our other guests. I, I just, I'm really trying, but I miss the sound of the engines. I miss, you know, I miss that part of it. So what do you, what are your thoughts? Well, for me, so I worked in FE for season, can't remember, two, three, four, like quite early on. Quite early on, we were working for IMG doing radio coverage for them. Um, so I sort of got the bug from that because the because it was so exciting. Like it was always a different um, winner. Like it was the 
we had three years, I think, or two years of it. And one of them was the year that there was about like 12 different winners in the first like couple of rounds. And it was just mad. It was just absolutely mad. And like nobody knew who was going to win. I think if you want to try and get into FE, you sort of have to take away everything that you might love about motorsport and just sort of like strip it all down to like the bare minimum. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you have to go really like, you still have to take away everything and go, do I enjoy this motor racing as a race? Do you know what I mean? Do I enjoy the overtakes? Do I enjoy the excitement of what could happen or what doesn't happen? Or I think if you're trying to, um, if you're trying to put it up against something like F1, it's just, then they just don't compare. They just, there's nothing to compare. They've both got one driver and they're single seaters. You know, <laughs> that's the only thing you can compare. It. They're slower than, than F1 cars. You know, they don't make a great sound, but if you can get past that, I don't know. Like, I really like, I don't, there's something really warming about Effie. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about it where, because I think I worked in it, um, I sort of grew to know the characters a lot more. And But I'm not as bound to it as I would be F1. Like, if I miss an F1 race, I'm sort of a bit annoyed about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a bit like, oh, I, I missed it. And I don't watch it back because... Um, well, I do watch it back if I'm obviously working in it, but I tend not to because I get really annoyed at watching live sport recorded back. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It just winds me up. I'm like, but I know what happens. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. So I love watching FE if I can sit and watch it and I like going to the events. Um, but And I do catch up on FE, actually, a lot more. I will always catch up on FE, but I don't catch up on F1. I don't really know. I'm sort of going around in circles here. So you, don't have, have, you don't have a preference, basically. No, no, there's never a preference. No, they're so different. There's no, you can't have a preference. They're just, they're completely different. Just mm. completely different. Um, yeah, I think, I think if you want to get into FE, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's more about going down to the, to the bones of motorsport um, and just trying to try and get rid of all of your like pretenses of what you think motorsport is and just start from the beginning, really. Um, and if you still don't like it, you know, I was forcing you to watch it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't have to like it. Fine. Okay, let me ask you this. What is the toughest story that you've had to relay? Um, is there a particular moment that you were, you were having to do a broadcast and, and you were, you know, like struggling? Because I know that even though presenters look really calm and really collected, yeah. sometimes it can be really tough. Um, well, I've always been lucky in the way that I've never thankfully worked in a race over a race weekend where we've lost anyone. So I've always been lucky in that way because I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, I mean, there's like, no, I mean, I'd, I'd need to prep for that one because there's, there's heaps of tough situations, um, you know, when you can't hear people in your ears or, I mean, the worst, not the worst, that's not the right way, but the hardest broadcast I've ever done was the first ever W Series race because um, it's just, I mean, there's no words of how I felt about the broadcast after that. But um, yeah, that would be my my hardest. Tell us more. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just you know it was it was just it was hard. It was a you know it was on the big screen. It was I'd I'd never really done a lot of commentary before I went there. Um, it it was I worked with a great team at Whisper. They were they were fantastic. But but you know nerves got the best of me really. Um, and it, it was scary. It was a very scary thing. Everyone was watching and hoping for the best. And I don't know if I performed my best when so many people were watching. So, um, yeah, that would probably be my my hardest one. What advice? I was going to say two, two things from, from, from me. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'll let Sophie jump in and then she can do the last bit, which is a really cool bit, by the way. Okay. Um, and this is something I like about you, especially on social media. Um because we joined the social media boycott, I've noticed you're very good at constructively challenging old dinosaurs. I'm going to call them old dinosaurs because that's what, what they are. Um, Matt Neal, um, he likes to put his foot in his mouth. What advice yeah. can you give to, because we've got quite a young audience, um, mm -hmm. what sort of advice can you give them um, in dealing with those sorts of situations? Um so I'm very strict with my social media. Um, I don't swear on it. I don't say anything that I would never broadcast. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things I've ever been taught um, is never say anything on your social media that you wouldn't say on the radio. You wouldn't say in front of people that you were hoping to get a job from, whatever it is, however you, however you, um, not everyone works on the radio. So however you, whatever you use as, as your, as, as your sort of thing for that. 
Um, I mean, dealing with that sort of thing, it's taken me a long time to sort of be able to deal with that. I remember during W Series, I got a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse, um, horrible abuse um, throughout the whole time I was doing it, especially after the first race. I, I was torn apart on the internet and the vicious things that people would send me, the horrible things that I would get sent. And I remember looking at it, sitting in my hotel room and I was told not to, I was told don't go on social media, you know, just don't go on it. And I did, of course I did, <laughs> you know, of course you're going to. And I was just, and I was just sitting there scrolling and scrolling and the abuse that I received was something I'd, I'd never dealt with before. And I'd never, I didn't understand why all these people had these horrible things to say about me. And I was like, I'm not a horrible person. Like why have all these people suddenly got all these horrible, horrible things to say about me when, when in fact, like I haven't done anything wrong. I've just done my job. And it was, it was this very strange thing that I had to go through and you have to go through it on your own because there's no one else getting the abuse. And other people can say things. Other people will be like, oh, no, 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 like, don't read it. Don't look at it. And it's like, well, it's still there. It's still there. That online abuse is still there. And and I didn't used to respond. Um, and I still don't. If someone wants to send me abuse, like, I tend to just ignore it because idiots, whatever. Like, I, I don't have any time for it sort of thing. But but what I do get irate about is when people in power say things or, or you know, when, when people are just unnecessarily abusing young women on social media or asserting their power when there should be no power there. That's when I get annoyed. And that's the reason I respond. It's very rarely to abuse that I'm getting. I try to pinpoint other abuse because I, but, but also, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to fuel their fire at the same time. Hmm. So that's why I try and do it in a sort of way that I can be like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be horrible to you, but what I'm trying to do is educate you because I don't think you're educated on this subject. Um, whereas if you're just fighting fire with fire, there's nothing, there's no point. You're just, you're just slinging stuff for no reason. But if you can educate people or if you can attempt to educate people or if you can at least put, pinpoint them to a, you know, pinpoint, you can at least um, signpost them to the place where they can educate themselves. And that's then on them, you know, if yeah. they don't want to or if they decide not to or, or, you know, if they want to send abuse back to you, that's fine. You know, all right, well, I've done my part. I've, I've tried to educate you. And if you don't want to do that, then there's a massive mute button. And that's what we, you know, or you can block, you can mute, whatever you want to do. I would say to don't, don't get into arguments with people on Twitter, because there's no point is what I would say. Um, the only reason I do it now is because I feel like there aren't enough voices that can do it. Um, hmm. But I wouldn't advise people to do it. I don't think it's I think it's a dangerous ground and I think it social media should only be used to basically advertise yourself. And if you yeah. can't advertise it or if you're not advertising yourself on your social media, don't have social media. Mm. Um, and it's dangerous. It's a dangerous, horrible place. Um, and people will say horrible things. You know, we've seen underneath Lewis Hamilton's posts, the abuse he gets. He's a seven time world champion. You know, if even he can get abuse and whoever it is, someone's always got something horrible to say about something. Um, my advice would be don't listen to those people. Find the people that say the nice things and remember those because we are so quick to forget the nice things that people say about us. And, yes. we'll and we'll hone in on that very small thing that someone has said. And this is what I want to touch on, the positive stuff. I see such a young audience that follow you and like they're inspired by you and they want to follow in your footsteps. What sort of advice can you can you give them? Because I, I think it's amazing that people look up to people like you. Um, You know, there's people that I know that are friends, you know, some of the stuff. And I'm sure Sophie's the same that she's gone through. You know, we inspire people. And, you know, if we can give someone some advice or just let them follow their dreams what what advice can you give them I mean everyone's it's very kind of you to say I don't ever view myself as an inspiration so yeah. um, I just I just hope that you know I just hope that people can can see that even in the you know the face of like of not everything can go right in a career you know I'm oh, not no. I'm not doing W series this year um but has that stopped me from carrying on having my voice and doing what I want to do well no of course it hasn't it never will you know um the advice I mean the it's hard to know what advice to give because I'd need to know questions of course like if anyone's got any questions feel feel free to to always drop me a note absolutely anytime anybody can drop me a message but it would it would sort of depend what, what kind of advice do you mean like um for instance um people are interested in getting in like journalism or just mm -hmm. being like a, a presenter 
obviously I'm very much open to people getting involved with like the velocity and if you want to be a guest you want to feature as a co-host come on come on over and get some experience um it'll be the best thing you can do and it and it gets you heard it gets you seen and that's a big part of motorsport is being visible and showing your talent off yeah I mean that's it it comes down to whatever you want to do a lot of people you know they they sort of hone in on wanting to be a presenter but actually find out that when they get into it they're better at being a producer you know it's really hard to give advice because because I don't know what again like I'm not sure what the question is if, if you want to if you want to go and be a presenter you know the only advice I can give is just is just to contact everybody as much as you can get get your feelers out there you know email as many people as you can make friends along the way because you don't know who you're gonna meet again later on in life one of my best friends I met without even realizing I met him years ago and now you know I spoke to, I speak to him most days you know and he's and he's a quite a big commentator in in the industry you know you don't know who you're going to meet and they might be the next Lewis Hamilton or they might be the next, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of necessarily Natalie Pinkham or whoever it is, you know, they might be that person that could, you can follow that journey along with them or you might be the next Natalie Pinkham, you know, you don't know. So, so contacting, <laughs> contacting everyone, networking, speaking to as many people as you can, backing yourself, knowing that the, the norms that were, out there once don't always have to be out there and if people still want those norms then that's not the right place for you go and find someone else don't try and fit into what they want you to be you can learn and you can grow and every single person that you work for will have a different brief but when they're asking you to be or do something you don't want to do don't do it just don't do it (laughs) like you know stick to your guns and and be strong in your own have confidence in yourself and have confidence in your own talent um and ask ask questions you know there's so many people out there that are so welcoming you'd be so surprised about people that you know I speak to in the industry and they're just so they're so kind and so welcoming and so lovely and and you think god like it would be amazing to have like sit down and have five minutes with the person like 20 years ago and, and be able to like how did you do it? You know, sort of thing. So yeah, network, talk, be true to yourself and and back yourself, really. That's 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 the best you can do. Brilliant answer. Love that. Great advice. Brilliant advice. So now for the fun part, mm. just before we, we do leave you alone, because we've tangent off again. <laughs> we um if you've been listening to our um podcast, we have a fun little question at the end of the mm. episode for our guests. And um well, it's your, it's your big moment now. <laughs> Don't get the sweats. <laughs> so if you've been following our podcast, you will know that the last thing we ask our guests is for a song choice to put into our driving playlist on Spotify. Yeah. So that could be anything that, anything that makes you happy, um, absolutely anything. So what is your song and why? There is a song, and I can't remember what it's called, so that's really bad. I was going to say John Denver, because I absolutely love Country Rule, that one. Um, <laughs> because it's like in the car, like it's just amazing. But there was an amazing song that I heard the other day I was listening to, and I was in a really, really like, I was just in a really grumpy mood, like something had really upset me, and I, I don't know what it was. Well, I do remember what it was, but let's not go down that. Um, but like, and I just went out and I went for a walk, and I lived by the seaside. And this song, just like I just, I'd, I'd sort of like heard it on something. I must have heard it on something and downloaded it on your phone. You know, as you're like, occasionally you find this, song. and um, it just came up on my playlist, and I was like, this makes me so happy. And I played it like four times, and by the end of it, I was like in the best mood, just like hanging out by the seafront just like you know just that sort of thing like I just really enjoyed it it's called running on sunshine um and it could be Jesus or it could be uh, Jesus or it could be Jesus Jackson I'm not sure <laughs> so either or but it's a great song called running on sunshine so and it's just lovely it's just a really really fun song so yeah go go download that and listen to it because it's great I'm putting I'm putting both of the songs on ah, yes John Denver <laughs> And there we have it. We've we've seen behind the brain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much behind there, so it's lucky. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, well, you've been you've been a pleasure. You've been absolutely amazing to talk to. Um, so helpful. And, you know, it really comes across that you're one of the good eggs. And yeah, we're really grateful for you coming on and and trying to give some people some some great advice. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. It's been you've lovely. Been, you've been an absolutely marvellous guest. And I'm so happy um, that we've had you on. Marvellous. Marvellous. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Sophie has to try and tame me because I get so excited. Um, oh, no, I just can't. I just can't help it at all. Um, I, I get a huge buzz when we speak to our guests. Um, and you've been incredible and I've really enjoyed speaking to you. Oh, I'm glad. I get, um, funnily enough, I'm, I get quite nervous about these sorts of things. So there you go. <laughs> Who would have thought it? As an insight. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much. You better go and check on the cat and make sure the cat's all right. <laughs> Are you standing on my table right now? Oh. <laughs> so hot, bless her. Um, but Sophie, did you have any other questions or anything you want to ask? I will probably slide into your DMs, Claire. Yeah, yeah, man. No, yeah absolutely. Well, just drop me, an, you can either like, uh, just drop me an email, drop me a DM, like whatever suits, like it's absolutely fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow. How inspiring is Claire you know she was a fantastic guest um I'm over the moon that we've managed to get her on happy late birthday present Sophie from me um I I hope you really enjoyed that yeah that was incredible I'm glad um I hope that somebody out there has sort of um something has clicked in their brain and they're going to feel more confident and more motivated to to push forward for what they for what they really want so yeah, thanks again for an incredible, incredible guest. And as always, if you want to show some love for our podcast, then feel free to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening to the Be Velocity podcast. Stay tuned for next week's thrilling episode. If you know someone that would like to get involved in building our global community or would like to be involved yourself, then you know where we are. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye, Sophie. Goodbye, Deborah. Engineered. Driven. Five females. Velocity. 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 Velocity.